Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Good morning. This is my Red Bull. I'm glad it does what it does. No, I'm sorry. Stand and hold your Bibles up. Come on, stand up. Y'all, some of y'all act like you've been to the fair. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess... My mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, 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 in Jesus' name, amen. may be seated. So important for us to say confessions of that nature so that we hear it, God hears it, all the powers of darkness hear it, that we are people who refuse to give up ground to the devil. Since life and death are in the power of the tongue, that we we declare things and they exist. God spoke and things came into existence. There's power in words. The old saying when we were kids growing up, sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt you. Well, words will hurt you more than sticks and stones. You can get hit with a stick and the scar will go away, but when somebody drops a word bomb in you, and you're trying to figure out your whole life why you have issues because somebody told you when you were young you'd never amount to anything uh, and you believed it. That word stuck with you. That uh, people like us don't have good things happen to us. And so those are just, that's just wrong. So anyway, once you turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 12, and today I want, on this, in this last message of this series, I want you to be able to use several words that will not make you cringe. Um, How many of you know if God is Jehovah Jireh, or depending on how you want to pronounce it, some people say Jehovah Yiri, uh, but if you want God to bless you, you have to know that God is a blessor and that he's not opposed to you living a life of blessing. Now, I'm speaking to people like me who grew up in a home that prosperity and wealth were never really talked about, nor were they acceptable words. Uh, We were the people that had had accepted the plight of generations past, and uh, there are generational weaknesses, or if you want to really make it extreme, generational curses that are passed down from previous generations, and we embrace those, uh, and we buy into those, and those become our lot in life because someone generations removed from us told us this is just how it works for our family well let me just tell you i'm all about breaking generational curses generational weaknesses that those will not hold on to your life any longer you might have grown up in poverty but now that you're grown up you're not going to live in poverty that you're going to walk in the blessing of god why because god is a blessor he does not curse he blesses And until you get that in your mind that the word wealth is not a cuss word, prosperity is not a bad word, 
then until you get that in you, then you will continually live repelling without knowing any blessing of God. There are many people who don't really intentionally do it, but one of the ways you can measure whether or not you believe in wealth and prosperity is how happy or mad you get when you see somebody else get blessed. You're going to know your position and your stance if you look at your neighbor who is a heathen to the max and they come home driving the car of your dreams, if that makes you mad, then you still need to work on prosperity and wealth. If they came up in that car, I'd go over there and lay hands on that and I'd look and say, I'm going to get me one of those. They'd look at you. How are you going to do that? I don't know, but I'm so happy for you that I think God's happy I'm happy for you. See, we have to be able to embrace what the Word of God says for the Word of God to embrace who we are. If I don't believe something, then why should it come to pass? Because faith is important. No, it's critical that we exercise faith. Without it, we can't please God. So that means changing our mental paradigms. Our mental uh, ideas and neural pathways have to be changed. At least they did for me. Uh, I, I was one of those that was critical of people who uh, were walking in the blessing of God. And this is the last Sunday. I'll be talking about it this year. Uh, and so I want to get this in us because I want you to live a blessed life. How would you feel if a pastor came in and said, I just want to tell all of you that are blessed that you're wrong? Well, I'd walk out of that church. I'm telling you, blessing is from God. And if you're blessed, I think you ought to just go around praying for everybody else. God, I'm just believing everybody's going to walk in the blessing I'm walking in. And if people talk bad about it, uh, then, then you know what? Just let them walk away and talk bad. Just go bless somebody else. I just It always amazes me when somebody's positive and upbeat, talks about blessing, they get criticized. I love Joel. I don't know how many of you love Joel. I love Joel. I'll tell you publicly, I love Joel Osteen. And, you know, people are critical of Joel. I listen to Joel every week on podcasts. I tell you, I get so blessed sometimes at the gym, I put another 25 pounds on the bar. <laughs> on a really good day, it's 45. I'm just like, I'm so pumped up. They said, what are you on? I'm on Joel. He's my pre-workout. And you can... Say, well, he doesn't preach enough of the Bible. He doesn't talk about the Bible. You can go down all the lists you want. I just can't find anything wrong with somebody trying to make your life better. And that's all he's doing. That's all I'm trying to do is make your life better. Now, I don't, I don't do it with wavy hair and squinty eyes, but I sure love you. If I had it, I'd mimic him all day long. But I love Joel. I've known his family. As a matter of fact, I'll be with Joel's brother-in-law tomorrow down in Texas and spending a few days with him. And uh, I just want you all to know it's okay to be happy. It's okay to be blessed. It's okay to be wealthy. It's okay to be prosperous. It's okay. It's all right. And if you're not there yet today, when you walk out these doors, say, today, I'm going to choose to be. I'm going to choose to be. You know, I just never figured out why people get mad over good things. So, in Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapter 12, Abraham is known as the father of faith. The Lord said to Abram, this is God talking directly to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to a land that I will show you. 
Now, Abraham's father was supposed to take his family all the way to Canaan. But he stopped in Haran, and the Bible says he settled there. Now, why would someone settle in a place that is only halfway to the promise? Did he get tired? Did he lose his faith? Whatever it was, he didn't take his family to the place that God told him to take the family. So after Abraham's father passes away, God speaks to Abram. And he said, now I want you to go to the place that basically I told your father to go to. It's a place flowing with milk and honey. It's the place called promise. And I want you to not settle like your daddy settled. I want you to get up and go to the promise. You see, some of us grew up in homes. I had a wonderful mother and father, but I know they settled. I know my dad did, but you know what? That's okay. I don't judge him. He was a good dad, and he's in heaven with Jesus today. But the reality is, I knew and I know that there's better, that God has better, and I'm going to get the better that God has. You say, well, that's greedy. No, it's not. Why would Jesus pay a price for something I would not possess? That, to me, would be wrong for Jesus to die on the cross for all the blessing of salvation and mercy and grace and prosperity and wealth. And for me to say, no, Jesus, I know you paid in full, but uh, I I'm not going to take it. You know, I I'm just not going to do that. I that would just be wrong. Jesus said, no, I've already paid. And I want you to possess that which I paid for. So he's telling Abraham, here's what I want you to do. He said, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. Today, I want to talk to us about blessed to be a blessing. This is not about all about us. This is about us being a blessing. You can't give what you don't have. You know, I don't need someone depressed trying to help me be happy. I need someone happy. Someone who believes that I could get out of my funk. And I know what depression is. I lived there for years without ever realizing how bad I was. I needed somebody to speak into my life and breathe hope into my life and help me get to the place that God wants me to live. And so he says, Abraham, I'm going to make your name great. You'll be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Now listen to this. And if we are the seed or offspring of Abraham, which the New Testament says we are, he said, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now, you know what? I used to pray this more, and I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to start praying this again because I'm going to tell you there's something critical there. God says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. This scripture says the same thing. So if your focus is on someone who has messed with you, you're focusing on the wrong thing. God will take care of those who curse you. God will take care of those who wrongly, who mistreat you in wrong fact. God will take care of them. And so what the devil does is gets us, he gets us to take our eyes off of the blessor and onto the cursors. And God says, I'm going to bless you. Don't worry about it. I'm going to take care of you. Maybe you didn't get the promotion that you thought you should have gotten. And, and maybe somebody else got it. Or maybe you didn't get a raise and somebody else got one. And, and in your mind, you're sitting there all bent out of shape because somebody else got blessed. And, and God said, I'll take care of you. Keep your focus on me. Don't worry about them. Keep your pursuits in the right direction. 
And he said, I'll bless you. Luke 6.38 says, Give, and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. It'll be one translation says, be brought into your lap. And so there is a difference. Last week I talked to you last two weeks. The tithe is the tenth. That is the standard. You don't even have to pray about how much to give off of your paycheck. It's a tithe. It's a tenth. But giving is different. Giving is over and above. And so he says, if you give, it will be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. He said, I will bring it back to you. So Abraham has this word from God. Here's what I want you to do. Here's where I want you to go. So he obeys the Lord. He gets his flocks. He gets all of his possessions. And he grabs Lot, his nephew, and they began, began to move toward the promise. Now, when you begin to move toward the promise, there will be obstacles. There will be opportunities for you to have doubt. There will be people that will resist. There will be critics. There will be all kinds of things come against you. And some of those things will actually be a result of the blessing in which you're currently living. In chapter 13, it says they set out to the land that God told them to go. And in root, in verse 6, it says their possessions were so great that they could no longer, Lot and Abraham could no longer cohabitate together. How many of you know that's a problem you want? And so, but... With that said, Abraham, here he is, he's just heard from God, and he's following the way of God. And all of a sudden, his herdsmen and Lot's herdsmen began to quarrel, the Bible says. They began to argue with one another. Abraham, knowing that I have heard God, and I'm not going to be distracted by the criticism and the obstacles and the fighting and the quarreling. I can hear it now. Lot's herdsmen saying, oh, your uncle's nothing. We can do this by ourselves. And, and, and the other, Abraham's herdsmen hear it and they start arguing. You know what Abraham did? He looked at Lot and he said, Lot, I don't want this. He said, here's what I want to do. He said, I want you, Lot, to look anywhere you want to go, wherever you choose to go, it's yours. Now, Abraham could have said, look, you little knucklehead nephew. I brought your little snotty nose out here, and your herdsmen are being jerks, and you better get them under control, or I'm going to ask God to spank you. <laughs> Do you hear me? No, Abraham's like, I know where my blessing comes from. I'm not going to get bent out of shape. I'm just going to keep walking with the Lord. And so he's blessed, and he said, you will be a blessing. Abraham gets his first test just a short time after God tells him, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to make your name great. And then God sends them toward the promise. And guess what? Now all of a sudden this begins to happen and Abraham is being tested to see what will you do. He said, well, I'm already blessed. And God told me I'd be a blessing. So Lot, I want you to, if you go to the east, I'll go to the west. If you go west, I'll go east. Lot, you get to pick. This is a sign of someone who understands how to share the blessings of God. They're not trying to control it. They're not trying to, he wasn't trying to uh, uh, in any way disparage Lot or put him down. He just decided, you know, God told me if I'd be a blessing, he'd bring blessing to me for the purpose of being a blessing. So whenever we get something from God, whenever God does bless us, we have to ask the question, 
What am I going to do with the blessing that I have been blessed with? Don't just celebrate the blessing. Why? Because there's so much more coming behind it. You just live a blessed life. It's not a shock life. How many of you How many of you heard somebody say, it's just incredible what God did. Unbelievable. No, no. It's credible and believable. He's just being God. He's just doing what he does best. God's never resisting us from being blessed, but he will never violate our will. If you don't want to be blessed, you don't have to be. I hate to ask the question, is there anybody in here who doesn't want to be blessed today, but... I actually have concerns that somebody might lift their hand. I really do. Because I've heard people say, well, you know, I just give me a broom in the corner of heaven. Really? No, he's going to have Satan's imps cleaning my house. My mansion in heaven. No, you've got to understand. I, that, that sounds humble and all that. But, but in John chapter 14... Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. He didn't say many shacks with brooms holding up the wall. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you might be also. Listen, I, I, I'm just telling you right now. I'm not going to have myself a track shack in glory. I got myself a custom-built home. My engineer is Jesus, and my architect is the Holy Ghost. He's working on it. He's a long way away. It's going to look like Michael Jordan's house in Jupiter, Florida. So anyway, he said, press down, shaken together, and running over. You have to move towards your promise. He said, Abraham, your blessing is not in Haran or Haran. Your blessing is in Canaan. I want you to start moving towards your blessing. We have to move toward our blessing. We have to do something. Faith without works is dead. Whatever you sow, you reap. If you're not sowing, you're not reaping. Nothing plus nothing equals thank you. Isn't there an old 70s song out like that? Remember that? Okay, anyway. I just had to try. The fair's in town. It always messes me up. Anyway, so number one, know God's heart about blessing. First off, you have to know God's heart. If you don't know God's heart, you won't tap into God's heart. If you don't know God's will, you won't walk in God's will. If you don't know God that is a blessor, then you won't walk in the blessing of God. We must know the heart of God. I would above all things that you prosper. That's the heart of God. And be in health even as your soul prospers. That is the heart of God. Now there was a woman who got this in Matthew chapter 15. She had been following Jesus around and as so many did in that day. And they watched him doing miracles. They watched Jesus do things. And, and many people decided, you know what, if he did it for them, maybe he'll do it for me. How many of you ever been there? I'd look at people and say, if God's going to do that for them, I want him to do it for me. So I go ask them, what did, how did that happen to you? What, how did you get, well, here's what I did. I'm going to follow that, that pattern. Because if God did it for somebody else, he's not a God that he shows favoritism. God wants to bless all people. Now, Matthew 15, 22, a Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. 
How many of you know you thought you had a problem today? Jesus did not answer a word. Now, in other words, Jesus didn't lose his mind over this situation. He just kind of chilled. Jesus would really chill. And uh, Jesus didn't answer a word, so his disciples came to him and urged him, Send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. Test. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me. She didn't say, will you help me? She said, Lord, help me. Look, exclamation mark. Now, let me tell you something. When you put a demand on a promise, she's not putting a demand on Jesus. Some people think, well, I can't just go to God and say things. No, you can go and say what he promised he would do. So she put a demand on a promise. She's not trying to tell Jesus what to do. She's telling Jesus what he said he would do. So the reason we pray amiss in our world is we don't go around reminding Jesus of what he said he would do. He's not forgetful. He just wants to know we're mindful. So whenever we declare his word out loud, what we're saying is, I'm putting a demand on the promise that you made thousands of years ago. This is what you said you would do. When Abraham stepped out to go, Abraham put a demand on the promise, I will bless you, make your name great, and you will be a blessing. Abraham was simply walking out a promise of God, and God was obligated to the promise because he's a God of covenant, and he will not lie. And some people, the problem is, you quit a day, a week, a month, a year, a decade before you're supposed to quit. Say, a decade's a long time. Hey, listen, whatever God has is worth waiting for. It's worth walking out. It's worth pursuing. So you have to know his heart. Now, here's what happens. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it's not right to take the children's bread, talking about Israel, and toss it to their dogs, Gentiles. Yes, Lord, she said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. This woman knew the heart of God, and she was getting into the heart of Jesus. Then Jesus answered, woman, you have great faith. He didn't say, woman, you're obnoxious. You're wearing me out. He said, you have great faith. Your request is granted, and her daughter was healed from that very hour. Let me tell you, don't you ever quit on God. Don't ever quit declaring his promises. Don't, stop. don't quit declaring his word. Declare it every day. I prayed for you this morning. And those of you watching online, I prayed. I said, God, wake people up this morning and bring them to church. Do not let them sleep or slumber or fold their hands or else the ruin will come. God, help them. And help all those people at the fair right now to gain five extra pounds because of deep fried Oreos. I hate the fair. I just, I'd, I'd rather have a case of Red Bull. All right. Don't get mad at me. Don't send me emails. It won't do any good. So in order to know the heart of God, we have to pursue God. We have to say, God, we have to surrender to God. And that takes a renewing of our mind. Some of you are going to have to change the way you think. I had to change the way I think 
about God, about blessing, about prosperity. I used to be anti-wealth. I used, you know, and it makes no sense to me why anybody would be anti-wealth. The Bible says the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, which means I'm in line. And you know what? I want everything God has for me. Why? So that I can give other people everything God has for them. I'm trying. A renewed mind is the opposite of a selfish mind. You will never be selfish with God. Without renewal and regeneration of our thoughts, all human efforts to improve the quality of life are limited. You will limit yourself not by what others do or don't do, but by what you believe and refuse to do. Know the needs of others. Don't know what others want and know what others need. You need, if you're going to be share blessing, know what they need. What Lot needed was the same thing. They needed peace. They already had wealth. So Abraham said, you know what we need? We need to separate. Lot, not because we're mad at each other, because we just have too much stuff. So he knew what to do in response to blessing. You have to know what to do. You have to know what others need. And if you'll help others, you yourself will be helped. What most of you don't know is that many years ago, I was on an airplane at the Will Rogers Airport. Never forget this. It was a small CRJ, like 900 or 700. I just remember. And I'm sitting there. I get a call from Craig Grishel at Life Church. Craig and I have been friends for way long time. And he said, man, we're trying to start. That was back when they were just scratching the surface and trying to start campuses. And they wanted this building. And Incredible Pizza had opened up. Incredible Pizza owner has been a friend of mine. Had his kids in my youth group back in Victoria, Texas, many, many years ago in the 80s. And so I knew him. And, and so Craig knew the mayor was in our church. And, and so he called and he said, hey, would you, would you talk to the mayor? The city council has turned down our, our uh, request to put a church on the end of Incredible Pizza. And so I said, well, I'd be glad to call. So I called the mayor, and I said, you know, Craig just, Greg Rochelle just called me, Live Church, and, and uh, I said, he's wanting to put a church in uh, at the end of Incredible Pizza. And I said, I'm sure you're aware of it because the city council turned him down. She said, we did. She said, do you want him there? Because we're only three miles apart. I said, anybody who's preaching Jesus is my friend. I said, I want him there. She said, well, could you do me a favor? Could you get your friend? She knew I knew the guy at Incredible Pizza because when they opened, they did a big deal, and, and he and I were talking. She saw, and I introduced him, and so she knew he was my friend. She said, would you call him and ask him to write a letter for, to, to the city council to uh, encourage the rest of those who voted against it to vote for it? So he, I called him. He wrote a letter to city council. Long story short, Life Church opened this property up. Well, you know what? Little did I know that I was sowing in to my own future. See, you never know what, what you're doing one day to be a blessing, but if you'll be a blessing, and if you'll bless people, you yourself will be blessed. Whatever you do for others, as you do unto them, God will do to you. Do unto others you'd have them do unto you. I'm just doing unto others what I have them do for me. So guess what? When they moved out, we got a call. See, 2,500 churches looked at the flyer, and not one of them sent a response to get this building. In the Oklahoma City Metro, Dallas and Tulsa Metro, the owner of Incredible Pizza sent out 2,500 flyers saying, we got this beautiful church. Not one response. We didn't even get the letter, and, and, but we got the call. That's better than the letter. 
See, God knows what you do. So you have to know people's uh, capacity. You have to know what they need and what they want. Don't always just give people what they need. Sometimes you just need to give people what they want. Yeah, and you've got to know whether that is a blessing or a curse. You don't want to give someone who doesn't know how to maintain a car or have the money to maintain a Porsche. You don't want to give them a Porsche. No, no, don't be praying for a Porsche if you can't pay for a Hyundai. The tires on a Porsche are expensive. You can't, if you give somebody that can't, you know, you drive a Porsche up just to get it looked at, it's $500. No, 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 no. If they, they don't, they ain't making enough to drive a Porsche, giving them a Porsche would not be a blessing. It'd be a curse unless they're really good with eBay. So you got to know what people want and what people need and know what their capacity is. Know their heart, know God's heart. Make sure what you pass on is a blessing. Look, no man wants women. Listen to me. No man wants a bathroom set for Christmas. He doesn't want towels. And men, women do not want a weed eater. Or a waffle iron. In other words, that's not a blessing. That's an appliance. And towels are not a blessing for men. We're just like dogs. We'll shake dry. <laughs> you got to know what is a blessing and what's not a blessing. Don't buy me a fishing pole. I am secure in my manhood. I don't need to go fight mosquitoes, get hooks stuck in my finger, and handle nasty fish. I go to Target to do my fishing. They already cleaned and packaged. All I got to do is go home and throw them on the grill. And you all mosquito bit, but you're a man. You caught a 2.5-pound bass. And you're going to mount it. Don't. You see, that wouldn't be a blessing to me. Now, if you want to give me a, a Hellcat, that's a car, by the way, not a cat that's demon-possessed. Now, that right there, I can handle that. I started racing when I was 16. I can handle that. So it's not a blessing to give somebody what you don't want. Matter of fact, the greater blessing is to give somebody something that you do want. You're sowing into their life and their future. Find out what people like and bless them with what they like, not what you like. Give the best, not the rest. Many years ago, a friend of mine was turning 50. And uh, I was invited to this party in South Texas. One of my dearest friends, been one of the greatest friends you could ever ask for. Uh, but he's, he's got a lot of money. So how many of you know when you're trying to buy a gift for somebody who has a lot of money, you've got to really get creative? And, uh, but he, I know him well, and I know some of the things that he really likes, and he loves watches. Everybody's got their little thing. I love watches, too. I've always been a collector of watches, and just throughout my life, every now and then I'd buy a watch, but I've had a couple given to me that were really expensive, and they were really a blessing to me. And one of them was a Cartier. It was just beautiful. It was just, oh, it was just gorgeous. And so on his 50th birthday, I'm thinking, what do I give a man that's got everything? I, I couldn't, I mean, literally, he was getting like, uh, one of his gifts was a, a full safari 
uh, first-class ticket to Johannesburg and Cape Town. That was one of his gifts. Okay, so these are his friends, and I'm his friend, but I ain't buying first-class tickets. If, if I'm getting on that plane if it's first-class. But anyway, so I thought, what could I do? I know he likes watches. So I took that Cartier, and I had the case. It was beautiful. I had everything cleaned, and I took it for his 50th birthday, and I gave it to him. It was nothing compared to many of the gifts I saw him given that night. He didn't care. He's a great guy. You never know he had money. He doesn't wear it on his sleeve. He's just an awesome person. But let me tell you what happened. This was about probably five, six years ago. So I gave him this watch just thinking, I just want to bless him. I just want him to know I love him. I want him to know he's my friend. And I knew that he, he knew the value of watches, and he knew what the value of this Cartier was when I gave it to him. So here's what happens. So I go through all of my situation three years ago. I mean, I basically sow everything. I didn't, you notice I didn't say I lost everything. I sowed everything. Because if you lose something, you don't know where to find the harvest. But when you sow something, you know where you sowed it. And I sowed it right here in Oklahoma City. So I came back to get my harvest right here in the place where I sowed it. And so after all my crisis and everything went through, he called me one day. And he said, Mark, I said, I know you have one child left, Victoria. And, and uh, that, that's graduating high school. He called me. He said, I'm going to pay for all four years of college anywhere she wants to go. I said, come on, Jesus. I didn't say, I didn't even have a thought of going, oh, you don't have to do that. I said, I'll tell you how much and when and where. There wasn't any of this fake, oh, no, it's okay. No. I looked and said, amen. So be it. Come on, Jesus. Now, that little Cartier was a speck of the price that he's paying right now for my daughter to go to college. Did I expect that? Did I know that I would need that? I had no idea, but I did know this. If you sow, you reap. You don't know when. You don't know where it comes from. But God will always get it to you if he can get it through you. He got it through me. Now he got it to me. So if you're hanging on to a little seed, hoping that that seed's going to turn into apple orchard in your garage, let me know how that works for you. You've got to get that out there and do something with it so God can do something with what you've done with what you've done. Amen. Don't give with any strings attached. And know this. It may come from a place you never expected it. That's what happened to me. I wasn't looking when I gave the watch. I didn't think, okay, now I'm going to sew this. And then Victoria, I've already put four kids through private university and school. I've done all of that. And I've got this one left. So here's what I'm going to do. There was no strategy. I have one strategy. Let me tell you what my strategy is. And I want you to get this. And you might want to write it down. Because this, this, this is an incredible strategy you've probably never heard of. I have one strategy. Obey God. That's my strategy. Obey God. God says, do this, I do this. Why? Because I know the willing and obedient shall eat the good of the land. If I'm willing and I'm obedient, I am sowing into something I can't see today, but I know God sees it. And he said, if you'll obey me today doing this, I know you'll obey me down there. If you don't obey me with this, what makes me think you're going to obey me with that? You see, I've heard people say, well, you know, when I start making money, I'll start tithing. You never will because you can't obey with the little you have. So why would God give you much? If you can't obey now, you'll never obey. 
I'm preaching good right now. And I'm, I'm just telling those of you watching online, I ought to be hearing something right up in here. Okay, good. Let me tell you guys something. This, is, this may be the strongest series I have preached or will preach all year. Because the enemy is a thief. He has stolen from you. Your health has affected your ability to gain wealth. You can't work. You're in disability. Instead of believing God for health so you can get wealth so that you'll have health. Listen, it is time to step up and say, God, I am not bowing down anymore. I am stepping up. I am believing you. I'm going to be obedient to you. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. It's time. Give people Find out what people like. Find out what they want. Find out what they need. Sometimes it'll feel like a sacrifice. Every now and then I still think about that. It was one of my favorite watches. It was one of my two favorite. And I got a lot of watches because I just like them. And people know that. And I've, as a matter of fact, I've spoken for people before. And instead of giving me, uh, well, they did give me a check, but they gave me a watch in addition because they know I like watches. So when I saw a watch, it's close to my heart. So that's when I say give somebody your best, not just your rest. You know, if you give away Christmas sweaters, that's probably not a blessing to anybody. If somebody gives you a fruitcake and you decide to share it, you're the fruitcake. Here, I'd like to bless you with a fruitcake. Really? I, if you did that to me, I'd feel like you were my enemy. Fruitcakes are from hell. Matter of fact, there's been one fruitcake circulating around Oklahoma City for the last 15 years. Nobody's opened it yet. It's... It's like, and if you eat fruitcake, <laughs> I've yet to even see a fruitcake small group, secret Facebook group. <laughs> they don't exist. Nothing. Who created fruitcakes? Google it. I am telling you, it's Satan's grandmother. <laughs> I know one of you precious women. I'm sorry, Grandma. It's okay. I'm going to heaven. You're going to heaven. There will not be fruitcake in heaven. All right, now. Thank you. And lastly, when you give, realize no strings attached. No strings attached. When you give something to somebody, don't tell them what to do with it. It doesn't matter. You know, I, I, I've told you this many times. You know, people get mad at people standing on street corners. And, you know, you've heard all the stories. Why? They have more, make more money than we do. They have, go home to a pool. You know, anybody who gives to them. I can tell you this. First off, you don't know their story. You don't know what they have, what they don't have, where they're going. Here's what I know this. Every now and then God tells me to give to them. And I, don't, I don't care if they go buy a, a bottle of Old Crow. Some of y'all, you're so pure, you don't even know what that is. <laughs> is that in the beverage section? 
I don't care what they do. All I'm responsible for is to obey. That's all you're responsible for. I've actually had, I actually one time we, we were putting a sign on the side of a building and a guy gave specifically for that. And we decided not to do the sign on the side of the building. And he had made sure we knew that he had given it. And, uh, and we decided not to do it. And one, day, one morning I woke up and the Holy Spirit quickened me. He said, you need to call that man and ask him if he wants his money back. And I thought, well, that's silly because if I'd have given it, I wouldn't. I would never even have known if you put the sign on the side of the building. Wouldn't have cared. God told me to give it. So I called him back and I said, you know, we decided not to do that sign. Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit is great at tattletaling. And and I called that guy and I said, uh, you know, we're not going to do that. And I said, I I just felt prompted to call you and see if you wanted your money back. He said, yeah, I do. And I said, okay. I wrote him a check, and I thought, there he goes. Go eat that one apple and enjoy it, because there's not going to be another one. <laughs> you keep fixing to eat your seed. All I'm saying is, no strings attached when you give. Don't try to control the gift. Don't be critical of how that gift is used. You'll be free, and God will be free to bless you. Abraham didn't look at Lot and say, Now, Lot, when you go that way, when you go, I'm, in, I'm going to come and check up on your quality of farming and how you do things. I'm going to come and check because I'm giving you that eastern side. You know, I'm Abraham. I'm the one that God's blessing, and, and I'm the one that God said, I'll make your name great. Not you, Lot. So I'm going to come, and I'm going to check on everything you do. When you give something, if you really want to give it, give it, give it as unto the Lord. Say, Lord... You told me to do this, and I don't care what that man does. If he goes and buys meth or whiskey, you told me to give it to him. And you know what? What might happen is just he might go, you know what? That man was so generous. That changed my life forever. You don't know. But it's not your responsibility, nor is it mine. You see, a lot of people give with strings attached. If their name can't be on a building, and I'm not opposed to somebody's name being on a building, but, but you know what? If that's what somebody chooses to do, that's fine. But you don't have to give with strings attached. If my name's not on the wing or of a something, that's not what giving is really about. Giving is as unto the Lord. And that's where the joy comes from. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for blessing us so that we can be a blessing. And Lord, I pray that you would help each and every one of us as we prepare our hearts to give, to do so with joy and gladness. Your word says you love a cheerful giver. May we be cheerful today in Jesus' name. Amen.